0: Welcome to ID Podcast. Uh, thank you, mu- thank you so much for joining us. And if this is your first time, welcome to the show. And if this is your twentieth time, welcome back. Thank you for or a
1: hundred and twentieth time.
0: Or, or I think this is like episode one sixty. So
1: hundred and sixtieth time. That's a lot of episodes. <laughs> that is. And we hope you're having a great August. And not too hot wherever you are. Seems like it's been pretty toasty all across the US or wherever you're listening internationally unless you're uh somewhere towards the poles and it's probably <laughs> pretty cold all of all of you listeners uh up in uh Greenland and the Arctic circle
0: yeah <laughs> we're sending warm warm vibes your way yeah
1: <laughs> On today's show, we welcome Jonathan Decker. And Jonathan is a husband, father, family therapist, actor, and author. He is also the clinical director of Your Family Expert, offering relationship coaching, counseling, and online courses. And today, we get into talking about how to know when you're ready to get married or start a family.
0: Or when you're not ready.
1: Or when you're not ready. (laughs) Lots of great information today and a lot of personal stories from Sarah and I, because I've shared this before, but I just did not know if I was ready to get married and had a lot of internal struggles. And a lot of the things that Jonathan talks about are things I wish I knew five years ago because it would have helped me to navigate that time in my life. And these are questions that all of us are going to have to ask ourselves. And even if you're listening and you are married, there's a lot of value in learning these things to make decisions within your marriage. Um, It's not just knowing if you should get married, but it's knowing if you should start a family, buy a house, a lot of great information uh, on really just decision-making in the context of a relationship.
0: And one little note that Jonathan said that stood out to me is the, you know, the infamous saying, all you need is love. Well, As much as that's true in the beginning, like we talked about, you also need respect and you need freedom and you need time to be you. So I loved those additions to that line. All you need is love and dot, 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 everything else.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's a little bit more complicated than that, but that's just some of the great information that Jonathan gives us in today's show. So as always, we appreciate you guys listening and enjoy the show.
0: Jonathan, thanks so much for joining us on the show today.
2: My pleasure, Sarah. Thank you for having me. Hey, there, Chase, what's up, man? <laughs> hey,
1: Jonathan. We have given our listeners a little overview. Told them about your professional history. Why don't you take a minute, tell us about yourself and why you enjoy helping people improve their relationships?
2: You know, I was I was very blessed growing up to observe firsthand a very happy, healthy marriage. Uh, I know some counselors get into the field because of the opposite. They're in, they're in the trenches with a rough family background and want to make a difference. But for me, it was the opposite. I had a very, I had a fantastic home life. Um, every day my dad would come home and before he said hello to the kids or the dog, he would just go straight to my mom and give her a big hug and just hold her for a while and kiss her. And, and we caught them dancing in the living room several times. They were always on dates. They are always very respectful and kind to each other and stood up for each other and just had I, I don't think anyone has a perfect marriage I don't want to say they never argued or anything like that but they had what I would say was an ideal marriage and it's something that I very much wanted for myself uh it actually messed me up a little bit because I was the only child at the age of five who was actively looking for a wife. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, all, uh like I wanted I wanted to be betrothed like the lion King couple. Uh, And so my mission has always been to have a happy marriage myself and then to help others have what my parents had. And so that's what really got me into the field and into the profession, because I know that there's there's literally nothing more beautiful or more sustaining or more empowering than being in a healthy marriage.
1: Absolutely. And that is such a, a nice story of of your parents and having that model, because that certainly is going to influence you later in life and has led you to the work that you're doing. So that is a beautiful thing. And And today we are going to talk about a, a pretty big topic, really <laughs> one of the biggest topics when when you are single or certainly dating or in a serious relationship, and that is when to know you're ready to get married, and start a family. Uh, those are kind of two different things, but a lot of times they go together. And I know this was something that I kind of struggled with, and I know a lot of our listeners out there, is when to know you're ready. So, so let's just dive right in. And, and obviously it's going to not be a simple answer, so, so start us off.
2: Well, I think for a lot of people, they know that they're ready when they want it. Uh, there are quite a few people that they're not they're not anxious to get married. They're not anxious to have a family. They want to do their own thing and get an education or build a career or see the world. And they have things they want to do before they they quote unquote settle down and get married. And when they have the desire to do so, I think is is the first great indicator. But desire isn't always the most important thing because, as I mentioned, I wanted to get married sometimes five. Uh, and I know when I entered college, I was just, I wanted to find that someone to spend my life with. I didn't want to make memories without her. I didn't want to have experiences without her. And so I was just eagerly, uh, looking for that person, anxiously looking for that person. And I ended up sabotaging a lot of dating relationships because I was moving too fast or or I wanted too much and, uh, and I didn't leave time for it to breathe. And so, in my case, I knew that I was ready to get married, ironically when I was okay to be on my own i I still wanted to have somebody to share my life with, but when I realized that instead of thinking, you know the Jerry Maguire line, you complete me
1: mhm-
2: you know it's it's so romantic, <laughs> but I, I i don't I don't know that it's true i I think you supplement me is less romantic but perhaps more accurate that when you are mature enough to build a life worth living on your own and there's not this level of desperation of I'm I I can't I can't live, I can't breathe until I find this person. That when you fill your life with good things and good relationships and and that you're making a difference in the world and in your community and that you can look at yourself in the mirror every morning and like who you see, that's the time that you can invite somebody in to share that with you because you're not Marrying somebody so that you know a life preserver so that you 're not alone um, and and that 's what I tell my clients, and that 's why so many people get into unhealthy relationships, I think is because they 're terrified of being alone and What I tell people is if you 're afraid of drowning in a sea of loneliness, then you 're going to grab a hold of whatever slimy piece of driftwood that comes floating by to stay afloat and that 's why we end up with uh, with jerks and with losers sometimes, and when we can swim on our own and we're okay on our own, we find somebody that we want to share that with, then it's not about, I need a man or I need a woman in my life. It's, I want to be with this specific person. Um, my my wife, I asked her one time after we got married, because I, I just think the world of her, and I think she's so amazing. And I, and several times a week, I just pinch myself. I can't believe that she chose to be with me. Uh, and, and that's the honest truth. And I asked her one time, I said, Do you really prefer me to any other man? And she says, Any other man, heck, I prefer you to being alone. Which, what she meant by that is she loved being alone. She was tired of guys. She was, she was happy with her life. And, but she preferred, she allowed me to step into that and to share that with me. And so I think that, that maturity of being okay to be on your own, ironically, is how you know you're ready to get married what do you all think am i am i off base that's might be a weird way to look at things uh
1: no i i think this is a great place to start and and uh the the analogy or the metaphor you gave of the driftwood is is perfect because that is something that should be avoided and it's it's almost it's not the answer of when to know you're ready but it's kind of a preventative thing that, like, you're not ready yeah. <laughs> if, if you're just looking for any piece of driftwood that comes along. And personally, I think this is a, I mean, philosophically, it, it, there's a lot of directions this conversation can go, and and I want to explore them. Um, but I want to focus in on on where we've we've started here, and which is good. Is kind of like not you don't necessarily no, there's not a specific thing that you know, okay, it's time to get married, but it's more, these are the things to avoid. And and I think that's a big one is, is not doing it out of the motivation just to not be alone. Like you need to be good with yourself before. And it's like we talk about all the time, treating yourself the way that you want to be treated, working on yourself, and and you're going to attract a mate that is Complimentary to that. Whereas if you are not doing that, you're just gonna get any piece of driftwood that comes along and you're likely not gonna be in a happy relationship.
2: It's so true. And I and I want to I want to clarify uh on the off chance that anyone that I dated before my wife is listening, you're not driftwood. I wasn't speaking <laughs> to people. Uh, I I thought they were all they were all fantastic people. Uh I'm I was talking more about clients and uh, but I, I I do think that in my case one of the things that made me attractive to my future wife my my then future wife was that i wasn't desperate that i didn't need it that i was hey look i'm i'm really interested in you and i have strong feelings for you and i want this to work but if it doesn't i know that we're we're both going to be okay and that and that took a lot of pressure off of her that i wasn't treating her like Help me Obi Wan Kenobi, you're my only hope, you know. that that, <laughs> that she had the freedom to to see what she felt about me and, and and to take her time to figure that out herself. And uh so yeah, it's absolutely true. And and I another quick tangent, if that's okay, on this on this topic, going in a different direction, is uh how do you know if you're ready to get married? In some sense, you're never ready. Just like you're never ready to start college from high school, you're never ready to have a kid. I mean, any major life transition is going to test you beyond your current limits. It's going to take you further than you've gone before. Uh, if ready means, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna rock marriage, no problem, then you'll never be ready. Uh, there's going to be problems. There's going to be struggles. There's going to be trials to work through because that's exactly what makes it a growth experience. How do I know I'm ready to have a kid? And it's, can you support the child financially and do you want one? Everything else, you're kind of, you can read every book in the world and there's still going to be curveballs thrown at you. And it's the same thing with marriage.
0: So for our, our listeners right now who are thinking, okay, so I really need to work on myself. I need to be okay with myself before I am ready to jump into relationship or start to think seriously about committing to this person for the rest of my life. What would you tell them to do to be able to focus on themselves? Do you have any specific tools or exercises for them?
2: Uh, you know, for me, a, a huge part of it was being willing to endure the loneliness. You know, when you want to fall asleep in somebody's arms and there's nobody's arms there <laughs> or, uh, I think the best thing you can do is, while there's no relationship that replaces a romantic one, you can nurture close friendships. You can nurture relationships with family and with friends. Uh, and you can you can reach out to those who are lonely and downtrodden. I remember uh, I went through a pretty bad breakup in college. That was really hard on me. I wanted to marry the girl. It didn't work out. And so I really, I, I spent a lot of time um, visiting the elderly, the widows and the widowers in a rest home. And I go and we play cards or we read books or have them tell me about their lives. And I found that I'm not, I'm not specifically saying rest home is what you need to do, but if you find yourself feeling sad or miserable, lifting the burdens of others is one of the greatest things you can do to have meaning in your life and to not feel lonely. And so that, that was something that I would do. I I would also don't spend your days on Netflix or gaming, you know, go to the gym, read books, uh, use your talents to improve your community, go to school, join, uh, join a volunteer organization, work on your career, do something that, that gives your life meaning. uh, So you're not just kind of waiting to start. Like Rapunzel in the tower, right? And that movie, Tangled. Uh-huh. When will my life begin? Like you're not just waiting for a, a man or a woman to show up so your life can start. Uh, you're the, the hardest thing for me was, as I said before, I was really struggling with. Man, I'm making all these memories without my spouse. I want her here. Uh, but I realized once I found her that I was glad that I did all those things. I, I was glad that I, I had all those life experiences before. So don't. Don't discount the the things that you can do while you're single, and that will, that will give you a life that's worth living on your own, and then you can invite somebody into it.
0: And one thing I'd like to add to that, where you were saying, don't just stay on Netflix and go out and do things. Um, One great piece of advice we heard on the show is to go do things at places where you want to meet and attract people. So if you have an active lifestyle and you like working out, try to go to the gym more and meet people there, or you know, go to the coffee shop or library if you enjoy reading or the arts. So. Trying yeah. to do those things that uh, will attract somebody that you're attracted to.
2: Absolutely. I mean, there, in any in any community where there's an outdoors scene, you'll find biking groups and hiking groups. Or you have you're into the art scene or the theater scene, and get involved. And and the great thing about volunteering is there's always there's always room for volunteers. People are anxious for work that they don't have to pay for. <laughs> so that's a good way to to get plugged into a, a scene. You know, people who have shared interests with you, and and you don't, know, and you might not meet your spouse there, but you'll likely make, you'll definitely make, you know, lifelong friends, and often those friends are the people who introduce you. My my wife, her uncle, and my dad are friends, and that's how we met. So you never, you never know, you never know how that's going to play out.
1: Well, one of the things that I I want to unpack, and I think that's important, is. The cultural influence that is coloring uh, the way we we look at okay, you know, marriage and and starting a family, and I know for me it was particularly um, impactful, and I think a lot of people because the the narrative is you know you're going to meet your soulmate and find that person that completes you or or that you know they're the one like there's a reason these are words that are in the lexicon of popular culture and certainly there are people that the night they meet they know that's the person they're going to marry i actually struggled because when sarah and i met and we've had this conversation i was like oh this is a great girl and and it was fun and and i totally liked her and and but in no part of my mind was i like this is the woman i was going to marry because unlike you know, your particular circumstance, I I was not looking for marriage and, and I think it's important. And and I know you would, uh, would probably likely agree through, through your work is to realize that everyone's path and, 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 and desires are, are different and that it's okay. And that, uh, that it 's not you locked eyes from across the room and and then you knew that <laughs> that you because that 's the the fairy tale narrative and I remember Sarah and I had been together for about five years, and this is moving forward, and even then I you know we were in love, but I was there were things holding me back and and I was not ready for that commitment and I felt like that was kind of wrong it was like why don 't I feel? Why don't I feel differently? And then I, I later came to realize that our love was different the way that it was growing. It wasn't this giant, you know, endorphin rush in the beginning. And, and I even later realized that past loves were the reason I felt so in love was because of things surrounding the courtship. Like I was traveling in a different country. And, and so I was associating the, a relationship with yeah. so it there's all these things that are interesting so anyways i i can go on and on but i i'd like to hear your <laughs> thoughts on
2: that well i think sometimes we fall so hard for the narrative that uh, of how we, it's quote unquote supposed to be uh that we are blind to what's real and the fact is as much as and i i love movies love movies big movie guy uh and have no shame in owning that I, I enjoy romantic comedies, romantic dramas, along with my action movies and everything else. Um, but that said, that's all determined by screenwriters. You know, I, I got punched in junior high, and I remember being disappointed that it didn't sound like it sounds like in the Indiana <laughs> Jones movies. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't this big, meaty, loud sound effect. This, you know, that, that it was a hollow thud. Because the fact is a punch in the movie is not a punch in real life. And similarly, love and romance in the movies is not how it is in real life. In fact, if you're, and you're exactly right when you say that this intense romantic experience is often not even real. It's a mirage. It's psychological. And it's often built around the experience of wanting someone more than they want you. And so when you want someone more than they want you, it creates this really intense desire to make this work, to make this happen. Oh, please, God, please, God, let them fall in love with me. I can't live without them. this whole big Romeo and Juliet, intense romanticism thing. And I remember I got my heart broken several times. Uh, and my sister said to me, you know, I think, she says, I've, I've seen how hard you've been working to try and get these these women to love you as much as you love them, and to have these relationships work. And she said, I think when you find the woman you're going to marry, it's not going to be so much work. It's not going to be so hard. It's going to come more naturally. And I think that's often the case. It's not always the case. I mean, I I have a, I have another sister who she and her husband are very happily married after a, a long and a dramatic courtship. But but for a lot of people. It's really about finding someone who is your best friend and that you just want to spend every day with and you can't wait to talk with them and you can't wait to hear their thoughts on things and you can't wait to, if, if you have something cool that ex- you experience, you want to share with them or something delicious, they have to taste it. So, and, and when you start to, and then of course, uh, you're, you're attracted to them, but these things develop. And the a lot of the best marriages don't start as romances, they start as friendships, which is why we uh, shouldn't be close to, if there's somebody that you have firmly in the friend zone, uh, I, I wouldn't force a relationship just because they're a good person, but I also wouldn't close myself off to the possibility simply because there wasn't the swelling music and the eyes locking from across the room experience. I think we need to be open to every marriage is different. Every courtship story is different. And these things develop uh, in ways sometimes that we don't expect and we can't be locked into this is how it needs to play out.
1: Yeah. I think that is an important highlight because like I said, personally, I struggled with that. It's like, why, why doesn't this feel differently? Um, And, 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 because it doesn't feel this way, you know, is it the right thing? And, and like you said, every courtship, every marriage is different. And we've been kind of focusing on this from the perspective of maybe a single or casually dating person. But what would you say to someone that is, they've been living together for years and, and I feel like this might be, um, stereotypical, but it's often the guy, the male that is more reluctant to, to settle down or, or make the marriage commitment. But what would you say to, to someone in a more committed relationship? Like how are they how do they know that it that marriage is right for that relationship?
0: But first, a quick break for today's sponsors.
1: Today's show is brought to you by Babbel, the number one selling language learning app in the world. So we need to update you on Sarah's summer goal to learn Spanish and also to become more fluent than our daughter.
0: And if you guys have not listened to the show before and you don't know, our daughter is three. But I'm happy to say that my vocabulary is now well beyond Stella's at this point, uh, thanks to Babbel and their 10 to 15 minute lessons that are available on the app and online so that I can do them anywhere, almost anytime. So I've been practicing a lot. Not only can you learn Spanish, but you can also learn French, Italian, German, Russian, Swedish, and more. Babbel's lessons are designed to get you speaking confidently in your new language and actually remember what you've learned.
1: So go to babble.com and use a promo code do to get 50% off your first three months. That's Babbel, B-A-B-B-E-L.com, promo code do for 50% off your first three months. Today's show is also sponsored by Lola.
0: Lola is a female founded company offering a line of organic cotton tampons, pads, and liners. And now they offer sex products too. Lola makes your month a lot easier. Their subscription is fully customizable and you can choose your mix of products, absorbency, number of boxes, and frequency of delivery. And now Sex by Lola line is also available for subscription. So you can add your condoms, personal lubricants, and cleansing wipes to your monthly order. Lola's subscription is also super flexible. You can change, skip, or cancel your subscription at any time. And you can also set your delivery date so that everything is conveniently delivered to your ideal schedule. Until now, our only options... And by our, I mean us women. (laughs) The only options we had for condoms have been products aggressively marketed toward men and their desires. What about our needs as women? At Lola, women come first. Lola helps empower you to make decisions about your sex life and use great products that are all a hundred percent natural. Having Lola delivered right to our door in a box personalized to have the right variety for my needs just makes it a lot easier, especially when you have a busy life like we do.
1: I really love not having to go to the store and buy tampons for Sarah. It's a
0: big bonus for me. <laughs> is that embarrassing? <laughs> uh, I
1: guess. I mean, I'm a grown up, but it, it is. And you know, so the convenience of Lola is pretty awesome. And you can do good with your purchase because for every purchase, Lola donates feminine care products to homeless shelters across the U.S. For 40% off all subscriptions, visit mylola.com and enter I do when you subscribe. Again, that's 40% off. Visit mylola com and enter I do when you subscribe.
2: That's a really good question. Um, I think if I'm in a committed relationship and if we're living together or we've been dating for a long time, uh, if it's working, I'm not going to jinx it by getting married. You know? I mean, some people people say marriage is just a piece of paper. And generally, I disagree with that. But from one point of view, it's also true. If you have a healthy, committed relationship, there's no reason not to proceed. There's no reason not to to make it official and make it binding. Uh, but the fact is, that's my bias. I'm um, I love I love marriage. I'm very pro marriage. I love I love not just the idea but the reality of people committing to each other and sharing their life with each other and and uh, and being off limits to everybody else. But I know that people have to find their own way. And there are couples who who they don't believe in the institution of marriage or for them it's common law and, and I'm not going to I'm not going to put down anybody else's decisions. Uh, I am going to advocate for for marriage and just say it's if done right, it's pretty wonderful. And uh and I would never let fear be the reason not to do something. Uh, instead of being immobilized by fear or paralyzed by fear or not taking a step forward because of fear of chasing it or, or it blowing up in my face or, well, you can't have a clean breakup if we're married. It'll have to be a messy divorce. And to not let fear be the thing that holds you back from doing something that will make you happy.
1: I think one of the things we've talked about on the podcast with our guests a lot is making sure that your values align because obviously there's a lot of things that go into a relationship, but if you want to be committed in in marriage or just a long-term partnership and you're having questions in your mind, um, you know, kind of like I was uh, one of the key factors in, in the success of that relationship is going to be, are your values aligning, you know, your core values in life. And if, if you have that foundation, then the compromises around other things are going to be uh, like it's not nearly as important as if you're not aligning uh, with the values of your partner. So I think that that's a good question for someone listening to ask themselves if they're not sure if this is a person they want to spend the rest of their life with the next five years, 10 years, whatever, is is asking themselves that.
2: Oh, absolutely. And And I think sometimes we get too focused on compatibility as sameness instead of compatibility as do we go well together. I think you need to be the same on your core values. For example, if I want children and I'm dating a woman who doesn't want to ever have children, then that is, uh, we don't line up with our core values. Uh, But if I like the Marvel movies, (laughs) and I have someone who lines up with all my core values, but she's not into that sort of thing. I I know people for whom that's a deal breaker. And and I think there needs to be room for difference and there needs to be room for respecting one another and letting each other be who we are. Uh, I, I think when it comes to being compatible, you want to be the same on your core values and then everything else is how well do you go together? You know, you don't have a peanut butter and peanut butter sandwich. You have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or peanut butter and honey sandwich or a peanut butter and banana sandwich. <laughs> you, you They're not the same but they go well together. And I think that's, that's how we need to be.
0: So when maybe two people are in this position where they're starting to talk about this and and think about whether or not they want to be in a a committed long-term relationship, and maybe there are some core values that are different and they want to start talking about it. I know from our past, you know Chase and I. When we had those conversations, sometimes they went really well, and then sometimes they didn't. And it's all about how you address address the issue. So, do you have any um, tips for the best ways to start up these big dialogues?
2: Yeah, I, I would say <clears throat> I would say those big dialogues need to we can't force relationships to work. And, and by that, I mean, we need to love each other and respect each other enough to recognize, is this going to blow up in our faces down the line? And as as an example, I, I dated a girl who I was crazy about. Uh, and as, as boyfriend, girlfriend, we were really, really compatible. We had incredible chemistry, great, great times together. Uh, But I wanted a family and she didn't ever want to have kids. And we, we knew, and there were other factors there as well, other core values where we didn't, where we didn't align. But it wasn't just that we didn't align. It was, would we find ourselves in a position of trying to change each other and even resenting one another because of that? Would I resent her if we didn't have kids? Would she resent me if I pressured her into something like that when it wasn't something that she wanted? So even though we had very strong feelings for each other, and and I would even say great love for each other, it was uh, it was an acknowledgement that this is not going to happen, and we need to care enough about each other to to not try and make each other change. Now that said, there's also something to be said for. If our core values don't line up, are they things where we can agree to disagree, where we can let each other be? Uh, I know a woman who is Mormon and her husband is Jewish, and they had an, and for a lot of couples, that would be a a deal breaker. Uh, But for them, it was we're going to honor each other's traditions, we're going to honor each other's beliefs. Uh, You're not going to try and make me Jewish, I'm not going to try and make you Mormon, and we're going to let each other be. And and it adds real flavor to their marriage. And I think those, those lucky kids get Christmas and Hanukkah, which is fantastic. Uh, and so, and that, and that varies from couple to couple. Because uh, if you don't share, for example, a core religious or spiritual value, uh, or, or if you don't share religious beliefs, but you share a common spiritual value, which is neither of us are going to try and convert each other and we're going to respect one another and learn from one another, then that would be compatibility. Whereas if it's, no, I need someone who shares my faith so that we can raise our kids in this and we can have the same traditions and the same beliefs, then that would be irreconcilable. And I, and I think so those conversations, to answer your question, need to start with an acknowledgement of the Beatles were wrong. You know, when they said love is all you need, you also need respect. You also need freedom. You also need to be you. And so are we going to approach this conversation of not we need to make this work no matter the cost, but instead, how are we going to preserve the integrity of each individual? And I think that's how you start with that. And I don't need to change it. I just need to respect you.
1: That's a great point. And there's another one of those cliche kind of Cultural myths. uh, We hear love is all you need. And it's like, no, (laughs) you need other things. And or love trumps all. Yes, love is a beautiful thing and it can have amazing power. But I think that's where a lot of people go wrong is that they think, well, we love each other. And so everything else is going to work themselves out. And in the short term, maybe that will feel okay. But if you're talking about a long term committed relationship and using the example of kids, one partner wants them, the other doesn't. And you go, Oh, whatever. We love each other. It's like, that's going to we'll eat at it you. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to eat at you. And I think the, the big takeaway, uh, because every circumstance is going to be different. Every relationship is different. Courtship, uh, future, everything. There's all these factors, but understanding your values and your deal breakers for yourself and your partner and then the key is communicating about it and and not just pushing it under the table and saying well love is going to figure this out for us and 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 because that's going to come back to bite you in the butt in the, in the future and 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 i think yeah. kids is a is a big one you know um because sarah and i we have a two and a half year old daughter and now we're talking about um uh, uh, another kid, and it's interesting, and this is kind of um, taking a, a different turn. But but uh, we talk about how the other kid. There's not really compromising, uh, essentially. Uh, if we want another one, certainly the first one. If if one partner really doesn't want a kid. Like, you can't compromise and have half a kid. Like, <laughs> there's, <laughs> it's, so the second one's a, a little different, but we're definitely having to have uh some serious dialogue around it. And maybe you can yeah. comment on that as far as the second kid. Like, what does a couple do if you talk and, and you're like, well, yeah, I want kids. Yeah, they we both agree. But maybe talking about a larger family planning is important, too.
2: Well, uh, let me, let me backpedal really fast and just address, uh, when it comes to marriage, you're not just looking for someone that you love and they love you back. And far too many people think like, if I find, if I love somebody and they love me back, then that's it. We're getting married. And what you're really looking for is someone that you love and they love you back with whom you're going to share your entire life and, and with whom you're going to have wings to fly and they're going to have wings to fly as well. And if being in a relationship with this person is going to inhibit you from being you or pursuing your dreams, then you're going to want to take a long, hard look at it. Now, as far as, uh, as far as having a larger family is concerned, uh, I I guess what, what's the question specifically about that? So I didn't quite understand. So
1: specifically, um, I'll just give you our example. Sarah and I, before We got married, you know, we talked about kids and we both wanted them, but we didn't talk super detailed. I mean, Sarah did say. But how many
0: kids we would
1: want. Oh, I think you said, you know, more than one. And I was kind of like, I was open to the idea, but I wasn't dying to have it, but it wasn't like a deal breaker and it's (laughs) it's still not. But I guess now more specifically, we're running into Sarah wants another and I'm, I'm more firmly against it at the moment. And, and uh, I, I, I didn't say forever, you know, I'm like, I'm open to it, but right now at this present moment, I no desire. And so we've kind of had this, not an impasse. And, and like I said, Sarah's open to this conversation, but I guess how would we navigate this moving forward? Okay.
2: Uh, I think for, for couples like you and for other couples in a similar situation or it, may not be kids it may just be about goals It may just be about dreams about one partner really wants something and and the other doesn't uh or and and these things come up it's not like when you get married you know exactly how you're going to feel or what you're going to want in five years or ten years and so there are definitely surprises uh, that crop up along the way uh my my feeling is as I had a friend say to me, he says, her happiness is more important than my comfort. And I think if you're looking at something that takes you out of your comfort zone or if you're looking at something that is not something you're crazy about doing, but it would make your spouse truly happy, question is, can I step into that space and do so gladly uh, without resentment? And if there is resentment there, that it's not... It's not uh it's not anything to be ashamed of or it's not bad, but it's okay. It's something that I need to work through because I know that uh I know that with you, Sarah, you would want to have this kid with Chase not resenting this, with Chase right. being all all aboard or at the very least being happy about it instead of, All right, fine, have your kid, see what I care. Right. <laughs> I'm not right. Saying that's what you're saying, Chase. I'm, <laughs> But uh And, and so that would be your consideration, Sarah, of, okay, this is what I, this is what I want. Uh, How can we get there? And what's the timetable in which we can get there uh, while still respecting Chase and Chase's needs and Chase's wants? And and for you, Chase, can you step into the space of, I may not want a kid, but I do want her to be happy.
0: Yeah. These aren't easy questions to ask. (laughs) Or answer.
2: So did you guys, did you, did you invite me to the podcast so that I could resolve this for you? Is that yes, what happened? That yes I could exactly. Get something?
0: No. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's tricky. That's good stuff right there. It, it is, it is,
1: uh it's a great example with the kids. And like you said, it can be other things in the relationship and that these things will come up because people change and, 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 I'm not putting Sarah on the spot, but like just the other week, she's like, "You know what? Maybe another one right now." I'm not so excited about. And and we're a month earlier. We were kind of arguing about having a second. <laughs> and that's and that's kind of where I'm at. Like my answer, and I think that's just important to to recognize. You may know like a hundred percent, but I think like in life in general, to say. Obviously, there's core beliefs and, 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 and ethically things that I can say, my, my views are not going to change on this. But other things like, shoot, having five kids, more than likely, I don't want five kids. But, hey, maybe one day I'm going to change my mind. I'm, I'm open to, to, to different experiences, different realities. And
2: I think well, – go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. I, I have I have five children and I can tell you it's uh it's basically just like having three children or four children in that it's alternately wonderful and a nightmare. And <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't change. Um and that's the same thing with considering whether or not I have another kid. Kids are, are two things. They are fantastic and they are a lot of work and sacrifice. And so it's when you talk about Sarah going from I really want a baby to oh I'm not sure, that's that's pretty natural. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, that's pretty part of the course.
0: Kind of just depends on uh, what how uh, Stella's doing that day.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how recently have you held a newborn? I think that triggers a lot of it too.
0: It's been a while. So maybe that, maybe that's, maybe I'm like, ah, because it's, it's been a while. <laughs> Find a friend
2: with a newborn, spend a few hours with that newborn and see how you feel.
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> maybe you're like, okay, the itch has been scratched right. and I'm good. <laughs> Or you might say, Oh, that just made it so much worse,
1: right <sighs> I know. Uh, this is uh these are great things to think about, and I think the key here and and why Sarah and I work together so well and in, in in a successful relationship is the key is that we're each respecting each other's thoughts and communicating about them, so doing this when before you're married is obviously important and then Dialing that in so that when you are married, something as big as you know family planning doesn't become a polarizing issue, and and that we're able, I'm able to respect Sarah wanting another and then changing her mind. I'm not going to hold that against her, and at the same time, she can respect me not wanting one at the moment, and and in that we uh, specifically like kind of where we're at right now is like, all right, we're we're just we've, we've discussed this and in a year we'll, we'll reassess, you know, and, and see where we're at. But the, the key being that there's that open communication.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Well, Jonathan, this has been really valuable for, for Sarah and I and for our listeners. We've, we've worked on our family planning here, uh, <laughs> and, and, uh, but, but in all seriousness, it, it's a lot of great things to consider uh, for our listeners out there who are single or in a relationship trying to decide uh, on where they need to be as far as marriage or long-term commitment, and then certainly family planning and, and other big decisions. So a lot of great stuff today. Why don't we finish up by Thank having you. you tell our listeners where they can find you online and then we'll say goodbye.
2: Thank you. Um, my, our website is yourfamilyexpert.com. Uh, we offer, if you live in the state of Utah or there's several other states, we uh, if you live in the state of Utah, we do face-to-face therapy. Uh, if you don't live in the state of Utah, then we do, uh, we have online relationship courses. Basically, everything that I generally teach my clients, we have put into online courses on communication and on marriage foundations and blended families and hope after divorce and dating smart and parenting and all these different things. You can take these courses online. Uh, we also do re- relationship coaching wherever you are. Uh, so yourfamilyexpert.com is the site, and that's also where you'll find me on social media because your family expert on Facebook, Twitter, etc., and uh, if you'd like to ask me a question, reach out to me, uh, yourfamilyexpert.com backslash contact, and I'm happy to give you a free 15-minute phone consultation, uh, work with you in any way that I can. But uh, as I say, these these courses have been designed, these online courses have been designed to reach you wherever you are, and uh, you can find those on our site as well. We have a, a free Fight Less, Connect More course that you can take uh, absolutely free to test it out. So
0: off board. Awesome. Well, excellent. Those links will all be on your show notes page on our website at idpodcast.com. And uh, again, Jonathan, thanks so much for joining us on the show today.
2: It's been a true pleasure. Thank you so much.
0: Hi guys, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. As always, all the links are in the show notes page as well as on the podcast description. And while you're on our website, we encourage you guys to check out our 14-Day Happy Couple Challenge. We send you an email for 14 days with simple doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. And on our website, we also have a bunch of free resources for your relationship. So we encourage you to check those out. Uh, we also have our Love Tribe on Facebook. Uh, we encourage you guys to join the tribe and uh, be there for support for each other. If you have questions or just need some relationship advice, slash unlock and you can unlock that special offer and learn more as always thank you guys so much and we'll see you next week
2: you were listening to a pleasure
1: podcast